are you? I am good. I am refreshed. I am loving this pleasant fall weather and the colors all around. And it's yeah. colorful. You survived camping. I survived camping. I know it was, I would say it was one of the first fall camping trips I've had. So it was interesting setting up the tent and then, you know, trying to inflate an air mattress and then sleeping in the cold but it was so fun and you've been busy because you also were emceeing for the iab i was so iab had an e-commerce event it was a three-day event and i uh, i emceed day two which was on the 23rd of last week yeah. um, it was a packed day of sessions about data tech and loyalty and for me personally, I learned so much from these experts in the industry. They were talking about all the insights. They were talking about how we can proceed in the future considering our situation right now. And with e-commerce also, while a lot of companies are doing well, it's so unpredictable. No one has planned for next year because no one knows what next year can be like. Yeah. It's much difficult when you're just walking into the dark. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but that makes me all the more excited for the guests that you're bringing on yes. um, because we're going to learn a lot about um, how CMOs talk to CFOs and yes. uh, the money side of things. So yeah. um, we're bringing we're together gonna... money and marketing today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, why don't you uh, introduce Mo? Hello. Um, so we have Mo Desianian. He is the president of Empathy Inc. They are BCMA Canada members and uh, their campaign for Zilkua Vodka, in fact, has been selected for the BCMA Lockdown Showcase, where campaigns from across the world are being celebrated for their creativity. And this is one of them from Canada. So it's a great thing. And Mo is a specialist in talking about how we can mix finance with marketing, how we can understand both balance both and especially in these times how we can proceed by being beneficial to both so i felt that it's the perfect time to chat to him and bring him on board and ask him a ton of questions yeah that's it very exciting and i've got mo on the line right now so i'm gonna bring him in oh good morning hello. everybody good how are you morning. good how are you doing very well you excited for the chat? I definitely am. Uh, sorry, I was a little bit late. I was trying to log on. Uh, it looks like you're about to take off in an airplane, which I find very exciting. <laughs> how, how so? <laughs> it feels like we're, go we're going on a trip. Ground control to Mo. Ground control to Mo. We are ready for takeoff. Takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, I've given you a short introduction, but we'd like to hear from you about who you are, what you do, what does Empathy Inc. do? For sure. So I'm Mo Desianian and I run Empathy Inc. We're a media consulting agency. So we have our clients uh, manage their investment in media into the market. Uh, and I'm super excited to be here, part of this talk. Yeah, well, one thing that made me very excited was your campaign for Zakova. Um, not just that I, you know, tend to enjoy a drink here or there, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was really brilliant, and I'd love for you, you to tell us more about it, especially since you've been shortlisted uh, globally. You're representing, so 
it was great work and yeah thank you a little bit more congratulations about mm, thank yeah, you uh, yeah so that was a really fun campaign for us to work on i think uh, when we first got the brief for that campaign uh, and the ideation around it we loved what the brand uh, stands for their tagline is uh, be yourself mix well with others so our insight and our challenge at the same time was how do we project a brand how do we represent a brand that has so much personality and promotes so much individuality um, yet at the same time promotes this togetherness and then how do we do it um, in a world where togetherness is a little bit of a tricky subject yeah. with with COVID and everything else. So we really had to put our uh, put our thinking caps on um, to figure out something for this brand. Um, little known fact about it, though, what had happened is we had actually designed this campaign prior to COVID. Oh, All right. So when COVID had happened, this this entire campaign had its had a completely different shape. Um, and then just as we were about to launch, we were a couple of weeks out for sort of pulling the trigger and, and getting everything lined up. COVID happened. So we had to all pause, take a breath and, uh, and reimagine what it looks like without abandoning the core, um, the, the core insight and the core brief of it. So um, that was a fun little, uh, yeah. <laughs> fun little exercise for yeah. us too, because we right. had to, yeah. Well, I was going to say you had to set up your shoot differently, obviously, right? And exactly. We want these creators to create their own and express their own individuality and what it means to be yourself but mix well with others. Um, yeah, we wanted to create it on their own. Um, we want to really give them the creative freedom to go out and say, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean for you? Yeah. Um, and I think they did brilliantly. Oh, they did. It was, it was a brilliant spot. And we'll make sure to push that out as well, too. Yeah, um, it's, it's an it's amazing one. Send people to the BCMA. Uh, amazing, yeah. Like, I think one of the things that was really fun for us is, so the video that we have uh, with, with you guys that we submitted was, was the free label um, uh, making music with the vodka bottles. Yeah, it also shows how, uh, you know, creators can come together and do yeah. something brand that's entertaining that's good branded content um and that's something that is true to both them and the brand it was really fun to kind of vet all of these fresh ideas out of nowhere and and uh and yeah get people to kind of really be creative and i gotta say it's uh it was very shout outs to the brand and the brand managers over at zirkova who gave us that creative freedom because it's yes. not an easy thing for someone who's built a brand over time to now let us and say, yeah, let's just put it out in the world and see what people think. You know? It's both trust and a desire to push the brand forward. Exactly. In circumstances, and I think that's great. And that brings me to my first question, yeah. the next question, which is when it comes to marketing and advertising, we always talk about creativity. We talk about efficiency. We talk about data. We talk about mm -hmm. all of these things which are in some way related to each other. But the one topic that's very rarely spoken about is finances. We will talk about a media budget, for example, but we are never going deeper than that and talking about how marketing can go hand in hand with the finance and accounting department. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, what is the first step to this discussion and conversation within organizations, outside organizations for marketers? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think maybe we use our campaign as an example, but part of the work that we had to do was to go and have conversations with the people in charge of finance to basically convince them to, you know, go out and spend a bunch of money on stuff that you don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah. Um, and I think what we did really well, and we went all the way to the board for something like that, to, to do something like that really well, the first step is having conversations with the finance counterparts to people who are, for lack of a better word, signing the checks, um, and having those conversations in a way that they understand and that resonates with them. At the end of the day, they have objectives, they have plans for the business um, that are measured in, in cycles. Those cycles be weekly sales, be it quarters, be it annual performance, whatever that is. And so translating this marketing speak that we have and having that conversation with them into whatever makes them check those boxes of performance and their expectations of their business um, and being able to have that conversation openly and, and honestly at the end of the day we all have to get everybody in our company signed off on this idea because if everybody isn't um, buying into it then it just isn't going to work it just isn't yeah. enough for marketers to say this is a good idea it's honest conversations versus yeah. versing over spreadsheets and going here is my budget and here exactly. is three months right just sitting down and saying person to person let's talk about this let's talk about it let's set expectations because yeah. here's the thing like reality is as marketers there's just often a lot of things that we just don't know yeah. right we can look at sort of what we did in the past and what other people are doing in the industry and all of that and we can say you know, we we anticipate this is going to turn out this way, but gosh, like nobody could have anticipated that we were going to be in the middle of a lockdown yeah. uh, as we're trying to launch the program. So, you know, yeah. uh, there's well, just certain things we don't know. Yeah, without the conversation, it's such a struggle because, you know, the finance team wants to, you know, make sure that, that there's cash flow for the business, mm -hmm. but you also still need to be out there and that means spending money. Um, so it really causes quite a predicament if you don't talk yeah. to each other. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of cash flow and speaking yeah. of budgets, I was reading uh, a joke the other day that budget is an orderly system for living beyond your means. <laughs> so when we when it comes Forget. to budgeting, it's an orderly system to do more than you could have within that money. It's about maximizing that money. Mm. So when in these times they're being cut drastically and marketing is usually the first to go. Yeah. That proof of that. How can marketers manage this situation and work with finance teams so that both can be benefited and how can they understand the point of view of a finance person? I don't yeah. know we're mentioning about cash flow, for example, and you had some other great ideas that marketers can do. So what can they do? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we went out, we were wondering about the same thing. Um, so this was actually again before COVID, but we had to pivot things quite a bit in the past six months. But so we went out and we did this study. We asked, uh, we asked a bunch of marketers, heads of marketing of how they react to a crisis when it comes to budgets. How do they even set the budget before a crisis? And how do they 
talk and converse with finance um, to get sign off on how much money they can spend in the market because marketing really is a discipline of spending money in, for, for the better part. Um, and, and then we went out and we asked a bunch of heads of finance the exact same questions of what do you think of that? And, and there were some interesting insights there. So one of the biggest ones that, that we talked about and we found out is, so when a crisis com, comes about and the, the COVID crisis is an interesting one because it has material impact on revenue. So just revenues are down. So that's an interesting one. And then um, even the demand in the market is also down. So even if you could produce products and goods, there's certain things that people just can't use because you're in a lockdown, because you're just you mm -hmm. know, not, in, not in a position to consume. Mm -hmm. So through across the board, there's less money coming into the organization, right? Um, what happens on the finance side, so a head of finance, a chief financial officer, CFO, they will go ahead and default to cash flow management, which is what they're trained to do, which is their responsibility. That's what they need to do to keep the business um, mm -hmm. afloat. That's what they need to do to, to make sure that everybody survives this pandemic and, and this crisis. So in very practical terms, what happens is they will look at the bank account and say, okay, we have this much money in the bank. We cannot spend more than what we have in the bank. Like right. Very, very simple, simplistic yes. terms. Uh, versus in, a, in, a, in, in, the time, in times of boom, um, they may look at, well, yes, we have this much money, but we can also borrow and, and, you know, investors and there's other ways to get money through the door. So we don't have to worry about how much money we have in the bank today. So they look at how much money they have in the bank as the runway. Okay. Funny enough, marketers don't tend to think like that, right? So we had like 65% of CFOs told us, yeah, it's just all about cash when a crisis comes. Um, marketers think about, um, profit and cost metrics, which basically doesn't really talk about how much cash you have in the bank, but looks like cutting expenses, right? So if, I'm, if my expenses are low, then um, I, have a, I have a bigger profit margin, right? Mm -hmm. um, also interesting enough, marketers think about the brand. Um, they think about, uh, uh, you know, what is this spending today going to, how is it going to affect our brand um, six months down the road? Absolutely. A year then run. finance doesn't really care about that. They're again, just looking at how much money do we have in the bank? If we don't have it, we cannot spend it, right? Mm -hmm. um, so in that, it's really interesting for us because one of the things that we talk about to marketers is sometimes cutting your expense doesn't actually solve the problem for finance at all, right? Just because you're saying, I'm not going to do this program, that doesn't mean that you don't have to pay for it right away. So a really easy solution sometimes is to go to your suppliers, to your vendors, and negotiate better payment terms with them in a crisis and say, look, we want to do this program. We just won't pay for it right now. We'll pay for it six months, a year down the road. And yes, there's a cost to that. So it's not for free. Like we might be paying you more down the line, but let's talk about that. And of course, that isn't always that simple. It's not always the solution. But not having the conversation means um, finance is going to tell you, well, you don't have the money to do this. But what if you go to finance and say, I know we don't have money right now, but what if we do this program anyways, and then we don't have to pay for it like six months from now, right? Yeah, anything um, to get them to spend the money. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like we're, <clears throat> but that is a great tactic. Yeah. That's a very simple one, right? And yeah. again, uh, these things can be a little bit more complex in terms, and et cetera. But um, again, that's a, that's a first start, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it could be as simple as that. Um, because we know if you don't spend the money, if you, if you go dark in a crisis, um, then the recovery is going to be that much slower on the other end. Well, that's, that's just it. Like brands can't stand by and do nothing, but at the same time, it's, it, it is how do, how do they go about getting the money released when it's being held on to just Correct. To maintain their brand voice, um, and identity right there. Yeah. And from a marketing point of view, I think this is another way to look at the finance department as a customer and you have to get the insights oh, on yeah. how they think and what they're doing. Right now, they're only thinking about cash flow. Great. How can we manage with that and communicate with them? Mm -hmm. Just keeping it one way and just sharing stuff with them and then saying, they're not giving me money. What is the purpose of branding and marketing? Yeah, so we talked about this briefly. Um, I came across a paper uh, by University of Chicago and I believe Texas. This was back in 2008. And this is the only one of its kind that I've ever seen. And I'm starting to really subscribe to this, um, uh, to this thinking that the real, real true purpose of marketing at the end of the day, whatever marketing activity you do, the true purpose of it is to improve your cash position. Right. Uh, a lot of people think about marketing as a sales driver, uh, and we talk about sort of ROI, the infamous three letters, um, the yeah. return on investment or revenue on investment or something like that. But I actually think that a lot of it isn't about revenue at all. A lot of it is about protecting your cash position so that you can do more and you can grow the business. So let me give you a couple of examples. So uh, we always talk about a brand, like what does a brand do? Brand is a promise to deliver something to the consumers, right? But what does it actually accomplish for the business? So a brand does a couple of things at, a, at its very fundamental core. It decouples your day-to-day -day marketing um, from your sales. A prime example, if Coca-Cola stops advertising today, spends zero money in the market, they're still going to sell right. a product, right. right? If BMW tomorrow says, we don't want to spend a dime advertising, they're still going to sell BMWs. Yes, part of it is the infrastructure and the sales teams and all of that, but part of it is the brand. Mm -hmm. There's going to be people that will buy Coke and buy BMWs no matter how many times yeah. you tell them because they just believe in the brand and they like it, they associate with it. Um, so that one of the things that it does for the business, it makes your sales less dependent on spending money directly into advertising, right? And I think that's a really powerful <laughs> business tool, right? It is, and, and it's a great way to explain uh, branding and long-term brand awareness to anyone. Uh, totally. It's, it's so exactly. difficult. Even when I try to talk to people about the importance of branded content, what the BCMA mm -hmm. does, what we all do, longevity, they don't, they don't exactly understand mm -hmm. why it is important. And this is perfectly put. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an eye opener. A lot of times we see that a lot where people spend in, I suppose the term for it is called performance marketing quotes, mm -hmm. which is, you know, <laughs> you spend money to drive sales. Um, and that's great. 
the challenge is you always have to spend the money to drive the sales. So the second that you don't, let's say in a crisis, but you don't have the money to spend it, then your sales also tank, right? But if you have an, if you have a fan base or a brand already, then you know you, your sales don't drop as drastically. The other thing that a brand does really, really well is it allows you to set the market price for yourself. So again, going back to like BMW, BMW partly can charge what they charge uh, per okay, car yeah. because they have the brand. Yeah. Without the brand, they wouldn't be able to determine what the price is. So you can now, if this is your price and this is your sort of costs, now you can start to push this line up a little bit instead of pulling this line down, right? And the gap between the two, of course, is how much money you make and how healthy it is. And that's your, that's your cash mm -hmm. differential, right? Well, like for, for brands that aren't uh, the BMWs, you know, it's, it, to me, it does make sense to try and sell them on unique ways to market themselves that yeah. longevity and really create a sense of uh, not just brand awareness, but for having con uh, consumers out there, people who are watching their content, um, be able to really trust that brand. And, absolutely and, right and that because i just find that that is always going to be a better option than just trying to yeah, absolutely it's the opposite of short-termism right because yeah. if companies go into short-termism go into immediate sales but this is more like running a marathon you have to build endurance for the brand over time so that you can make it all the way exactly and all of those I things at the end of the <laughs> Absolutely, though. But all of those things at the end of the day improve your cash position. It just means yes. you have more money in the bank to do whatever else that your company needs to do to move to the next level. Be that, you know, research and development, be that more higher, whatever it is that your grander objectives are, all of that. Mm -hmm. Setting the price, making sure your sales don't dip if there's a crisis, making sure that frankly, you're not as price sensitive, right? Sometimes you have to drop your price or increase your price, but not losing all of your customers just right. because you vibrated your pricing model a little bit. Now, if you have a brand, you're a little bit protected. Being in, the, in these times of COVID and then post COVID, um, you know, there's increasing stresses on all the teams. So what, what should be kept in mind? Yeah, I think, I think the crux for all of this is, well, I mean, I believe in it because I named my company after it. It's empathy, <laughs> right? They're all just people at the end. Um, they all have their individual goals, aspirations, wants, needs, their individual challenges and struggles. The more of any of those that you understand, uh, the more fruitful you can have a business relationship. Right? I've always talked about how business isn't at all uh just business it's always personal even in a boardroom oh. even more so in a boardroom yeah even more so and i mean it really it, that term um you know like looking at a employee experience you know and making that more of a yeah. purpose and i like tame what you had mentioned about uh viewing the financial team let's say as a customer like it, it reframing how we look uh because we all are at everything you know, and I think especially now, uh, people are able to communicate a little bit easier instead of trying to get that meeting, you know, with the big company and go into the, right? It, it seems like much more of a, you're a person, I'm a person. We're all kind of going through this yeah. and come together. So I, I feel like it's breaking down barriers and walls even more. So I think so. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I as, as a horrible of a, of a situation COVID, of course, is, I think the one silver lining that I've seen in business is that just the very fact that you get to now see into uh, people's sort of lives and homes a little bit, it's, it's yeah. made everything a little bit more personal. Yeah, than it was before like before you would come to the office you'd go to the meeting and, and right you wouldn't know what that person um, looks like outside of that yeah. that framework or outside of those four walls but now you know being on a call with someone uh, that's you know fairly high up in an organization you're trying to make some big decisions and like their kid walks in front of the camera exactly. or you can see like the yeah. kitchen in the background and you're like man you're you're living through the same thing I am. It's always nice to know, uh, you know, mm-hmm. while we talk about these concepts and theories, um, sometimes examples just ground them. So examples of companies that have managed to do something like that mm-hmm. especially during those COVID times. Yeah, I think there is a couple of really neat um, examples how you can use your brand and you can use your uh, your marketing efforts to just elevate your company. Um, so we have a, a manufacturing company. It's one of our clients, and like one of the things they did really well. Uh, and I'm sure if if we talked about this before or not, but one of the things they they did is they retrofitted their their manufacturing plants to to make PPE for um, uh, for the market. And they're sort okay. of furniture manufacturers, so they have no, uh, it's not directly their line of business and they don't really, it's not their uh, uh, part of their core set of skills, but they're like, we're making couches and that's sewing material together. It's like, it's kind of, right, we have the skill sets and the sewing, which is, so let's do that uh, for a while. So I think that's an example of a brand that can truly stand behind what they believe in, which is like, they, they, they want to, um, be in this community uh, mm-hmm. of Ontarians that kind of moves everything forward. They want to work for the, for society and they stand for something bigger. Yeah. Um, so let's put their money where their mouth is a little bit, right? So mm-hmm. I think that was like a really neat example. And we're super proud to, um, to be with those guys and help them through all of this too. So sometimes when you kind of look at this whole personal aspect of business and, and you look at what decisions people make, um, sometimes when when smart people get in the room, they have these really neat ideas of doing things that's not just good for their business, um, but it's also good for the greater good of everybody else. When speaking from a finance point of view, we've always, we've till now, we're trying to understand what the finance person thinks, but speaking from a marketing point of view, mm-hmm. how can um, more be achieved with, while being considerate of this tight budget and cash flow? Because one of yeah. the is what you said, which is brand value and show up. What else can marketers do? Yeah, I think one of the things we found out in our study, which is um, not surprising at all, because I think it's something that we all knew, but we just never really pointed our fingers uh, or put our fingers down on that nerve, which is we have a tendency, and I don't know why that happened or how it came about. I don't have an uh, I don't have any insight into that, but it's just, we have a tendency of being in our own, for lack of a better word, bubble as marketers. Like we kind of speak our own language. We talk about things a certain way. Uh, but what we need to do now, especially in this time, is we need to sort of break that bubble a little bit. And like the very pragmatic answer to that is, let's start with our language. Um, we just, as marketers, need to... S- start speaking the language of the organization in total versus just marketing speak. Right. 
Right, and I, we've talked about a couple of sort of examples right now um, in the past where, um, for example, we talk about things like uh, brand awareness, right? So that's kind of one of those things that are a little bit vague in our, um, uh, in our repertoire of marketing. So we need to change that language a little bit. Right, uh, or we talk we talk things like brand loyalty, something you mentioned, mm -hmm. right? So we go to a sort of a finance person and say, well, we, we're creating more brand loyalty. Um, but what a finance person will tell you is one of the metrics they evaluate is uh, customer churn, right? Mm -hmm. That's a sort of a standard business speak of how you evaluate these things. So if I go to a CFO and say, um, I'm going to reduce customer churn by doing this, 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 and that, what I'm saying is I'm going to increase the loyalty to my brand, but it's just, I'm saying it in a different way and that yeah. resonates with them. And that makes them feel like, Oh, we're on the same team and we're talking about the same things. Right. Um, another example is we talk about sort of working versus non-working media dollars. Right. So we all know what that means. So working dollars is the money that you invest into the actual media buy and then non-working is the money that you invest in the content that you put in that media buy. Right again to a finance person or the rest of the organization that doesn't really mean much that's very specific marketing speak instead what we could be saying is um asset creation and everybody in your organization knows what an asset is it's something that you own that you created and it's yours such as mm -hmm. for example your creative work your your um the actual assets that the ads that you've made and then you have the promotion budget which is the money you spend to promote those assets mm -hmm. right so I think the big, the big thing for marketers is to, um, is to a break that language barrier down, and then the second thing is, can we please just simplify marketing? <laughs> Why are we making it so complicated? Some of the stuff does not have to be that complicated. It's very simple. It's you have a message, you have uh, you have a customer that needs something, you have the product that fulfills that need, and you have a message that is entertaining, emotive, whatever it is to get, that grabs their attention and tells them, hey, you need this thing and we have it. Let's just make it that simple. That's how what I do with marketing. I like things real simple. Real simple. <laughs> this, this, I've seen marketing dashboards of 50 plus pages of yeah. metrics and I've seen people in boardrooms just scratch their heads like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I was in a meeting the other day and, and I know the person that was on the other side, so on the other side of the table and they were the decision maker and I know like you know she has a, just a couple of young kids and she's trying to figure out sort of childcare and all of that and, and so um, you know I, I could tell her day was a little bit rough I think like the kids were giving her a hard time and I try to put myself in her position it's like so you wake up you have two little ones you're just hustling to get them in or out of the house or, or whatever her arrangement is and figuring out day school and, and all of that and then you come show up to this meeting and this person is is throwing like a bunch of numbers at you that you're not in marketing so you don't understand them and there's just like 14 pages of dashboards and and they're asking you like what do we do based on this copious amount of data and you yeah. just like i i can't deal right we, and we if need for to that marie kondo marketing i think that's that's I really right. what it is and you just, it up, roll it up, point is we try and uh you know pitch and sell ideas through um, is to remember to, to, to speak a general language, to be simple, simplify, simplify things. Um, I remember it's about like, 
person to person. Yeah. Um, and it's about the experience within all, like the organization and with your customer. Like it, it's really, it's human centric. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and humans are emotional beings. And I think a lot of times people tend to get that. They tend to get involved in this 40 pages of data, like you said, and forget that the end of that data, that consumer is a person and they'll have their whims and fancies and likes and dislikes. Yes. So, just give them two options, tell them the pros and cons, yeah. let them pick one or three options, or, or and that's all you need. And then, yeah. but I mean, there's this general principle that there is just a lot of profit to be made by complex, by introducing complexity, right? <laughs> it's, it's a general, that's generally true. Like if you tell someone this is too much and you want to understand it, just let me deal with it. There is, there is a lot of, but oftentimes it doesn't have to be that way, but you're just overwhelming the other decision maker on the other end mm -hmm. um or feeling it, like you have to provide an overage of data to show value in the work that you you're doing or do. proposing. and and that's not always now there is a place for data for sure of course, yeah. um, and it needs to be aggregated in such a way that's not going to make the other oh. person zone out exactly yeah um but that's it's that's that's the good fight that i'm fighting but uh <laughs> Fight the good fight. Yes, we ready for you. some rapid, uh, rapid fire questions. For sure. Yes. Yeah. Can we do yes. them really, really fast? Yes. Okay. okay. I'll start, then you go yes. in. Okay. Start. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, Mo. What was your last treat to yourself? Um, I'm getting new shirts made. Um, mm -hmm. I have a tailor, and I haven't had new shirts in a while, so I'm gonna treat myself to that. That's good. We'd like to see. I'm the tired of sweatpants. <laughs> I'm tired of sweatpants working from home. I know. <laughs> I wore a little dress today. Yeah. Hey, I, I like getting dressed. Um, okay, so we're talking about simplifying things. What are the three yeah. possessions you could have on an island if you were stranded? Just three. Uh, I don't have three, but I, if I have a pen and a paper, I'll be fine. Okay. Brilliant. I love it. I, I love that. a nice pen and a nice I, clean pen. Nice pen and a paper. paper and... So, I, I miss those fountain pens that we used to have. I, 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 I'm a writer. guys. I used to, yes, I, I love writing with those pens because when I want oh, yeah. to think poetry or prose or something like that, that's the pen I want. It's just I a different feel. Okay, couple, just a couple more questions. Yes. Sure, sure. Can you think of one? I think, okay, what made you smile today? This conversation in general. It's fun to talk yeah. to fun people. We're way more fun than this, just so you know. <laughs> like, we're way more fun than this. Okay, Hane, go for it. Uh, once lockdown ends, what's the first thing you'll do when you can is go that, out and do everything? Sorry, could you, could you come again? Once again? lockdown ends and you can go out and do everything, what's the first thing you'll do? I'd like to go back to a nice restaurant again in, oh, without the anxiety. Yes. I mean, I've been to a patio just, I think, once during lockdown. Um, but just going there with in a crowded restaurant with, you know, a Thank bunch you. of people around, like the energy yeah all right thank you so much yeah thank you guys a pleasure it was lovely nice having this on a monday morning and brightening me up at least yeah likewise yeah it starts off the week right it definitely did it was and we learned a lot so really thank you for that thank you for having me guys yeah well enjoy the rest of your week and i'm gonna sign us all off now Absolutely. Bye -bye. You too, guys. Take care. Bye. Bye.